The message this morning is the chapter that was read, John chapter 20. And Mary Magdalene, the first to the tomb on Easter Sunday morning. And if you want a verse that will sum up the message, it's verse 18. Verse 18 of John 20, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Mary Magdalene and a few of the women that were close to Jesus Christ, before the crack of dawn, they went to the tomb that he was buried in, a private tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, and they were going to anoint the body with spices. And when they arrive there, they are shocked to find that the boulder, uh, which is impossible uh, to move in terms of uh, a woman or uh, an ordinary uh, disciple of Jesus, they find that the stone has been rolled away and that there is no body there. And they are in shock. And they go back and tell the other disciples. And two of those disciples, Peter and John, as we had in our reading, they go running towards the grave. And John arrives there first, but Peter gets ahead of him in terms of going in to the tomb. And he sees that there is no body. Uh, there is the cloth that they wrapped him with, but there is no body. And then John comes in as well. And Mary uh, joins them. And then they go back, apart from Mary, Mary Magdalene. She lingers. And she thinks she's meeting the gardener. But it is Jesus and once he says one little word, her name, Mary, she realizes it is her Lord. And Jesus says, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them. In other words, Jesus gives Mary a message. I am ascending to my father and you a father and to my God and you a God. And Mary gives that message to the disciples that the Lord is risen. My brothers and sisters, this is the most wonderful message in all the world. Jesus is risen. And I, like Mary, have got that message to bring to us this morning. And it's such a privilege, isn't it? And what's so sad is that initially these disciples didn't believe what Mary had said. To be fair, Mary didn't believe at first, did she? It was only when Jesus spoke her name that she recognized. And eventually the disciples meet Jesus for themselves. And then everything is transformed. Their tears are turned into laughter, their despair into hope, and their doubts into faith. Isn't that what we need on this Easter Sunday morning? 
Uh, oh, I, I just want to share very briefly with you this good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I just got a few reasons to give why this is the best message that you can ever hear. Now, the first is this. It's not fake. This is not fake news. Now, we don't know today whether to believe most of the messages that we read. I get most of my news now on my mobile phone, and it's difficult to know whether it's true or not. But what we've got in the Bible is not fake news. The, the word gospel, do you know what gospel means? It means good tidings. It's truth. Now then, I have to be careful how I put this. But in the time of Jesus Christ, something reported by women was not usually considered to be reliable. That, that was the view of the day. And if the gospel writers wanted to put this out as fake news, they wouldn't have used a woman, would they? Mary, to have delivered it. Because people would have said, it can't be true. If, if it's a woman, this was the prevailing view of the day. It's not our view, thankfully. But even the disciples were thinking that Mary and the other women uh, were delirious. And maybe that's your view this morning. Maybe you think that we Christians, that we are crazy because we believe that somebody rose from the dead. And you're just saying this is fake news. This is the stuff of fairy tales. But my point is this. Why then would God choose a woman to bring this good news if that was the case? And then there's something else, isn't there? Uh, the Jewish leaders of the day, they actually made a piece of fake news. There's nothing new about fake news, you see. And they spread the rumour that the disciples of Jesus had actually stolen the body. Now, I mentioned a few moments ago that the stone that was guarding the tomb, it wasn't a small stone that you could just roll yourself. It was a humongous boulder. And it would have required several Roman soldiers to have moved that. And so to have said that these disciples had done it was ludicrous. And even if they had managed to do that, how could they have transported the body of Jesus without being noticed? So this is wonderful news because it's not fake news. It is true. Now, what, why did I mention those details? In a sense, I need not have mentioned them because Mary isn't told to prove to the disciples that Jesus is risen. She's just told, go and tell them, I am risen, just as I promised. Now, maybe there's a place to use arguments to prove the resurrection but that won't make you believe in Jesus Christ. 
Mary announced the message. That's all I'm going to do this morning. She had the word of God, the promise. Remember what he told you. There's nothing new here. Jesus had prophesied that he was going to rise from the dead. And all Mary is doing is repeating that word. My friend, can you take God at his word this morning? You know, the God of the Bible is described by Titus, uh, or Paul writing to Titus, as the God who cannot lie, cannot lie. The writer to the Hebrews puts it even stronger. The God for whom it is impossible to lie. Jesus Christ, when he explained his mission, said to the disciples, I am the way, the truth. I don't just speak the truth. I am the embodiment of truth. That's all we need to know. If God says it, it's true. So this is the best news in the world because it's God's news. God's spell. That's what gospel can be translated as. Uh, there's a Sankey hymn which says, can you say this? Though poor and needy, I can trust my Lord. Let God be true and every other person a liar. Though weak and sinful, I believe his word. And for those of us who preach, and for every one of us who are Christians this morning, as we were reminded in the announcements, we, we've got this message to tell the world. Uh, it's very sad today, isn't it? How even evangelicals somehow don't get it that we are here with a message. The word of God. There's nothing else we've got. And you know what? The authority of this message doesn't depend on you and me. If God can use a Mary, he can use you. You, you might be a child, but God can use you. Because it's his word. It's his word. And those of us who are preachers, we may feel utterly weak, but it doesn't matter. It's God's word. It's God's word. As Martin Luther put it, Martin Luther was used by God to change Western Europe uh, in the Protestant Reformation. It wasn't Luther who did it. It was God. And what did God use? God used his word. And Luther explained it like this. We should preach the word, but the result must be left solely to God's good pleasure. We can't force, we can't force. And Luther was an explosive character. I simply taught, preached, and wrote God's word. Think of all the ways we as a church are spreading that word, not just here from the pulpit, but online, in writing, on gospel cards, in open airs. We're just releasing the word. Luther goes on to say, Otherwise I did nothing. And while I slept or drank Wittenberg beer, we don't have to do that, right? With my friends, Philip, the word, the word did everything. I did nothing. I can imagine Mary feeling a bit like that. 
All she's got is this wonderful word, Jesus is risen. And then the second point, this is good news. Please forgive me, I'm stating the obvious here. It's good news because Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Do you know what? Jesus is unique because he's the only person to have lived who died and rose from the dead. Hang on, pastor, you're wrong, you say. What about Lazarus? A few weeks before this, didn't Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead? Well, yes, he did. But Lazarus did go on to die a few years after that, right? What Jesus did to Lazarus was just a picture of what was going to happen on Easter Sunday morning. So Jesus is the first human being ever to die and to rise from the dead and to have a completely new body and to go on living forever, not just in soul, but in body. My friends, this is what is amazing about this message this morning. Jesus is as alive this morning as you and I are. Do do you enjoy reading biographies? I love biographies. But every biography ends in the same way, doesn't it? (laughs) The person eventually dies. You you can't stop that trajectory. Uh, I remember when I was um, a teenager, um, hearing about uh, the pop singer Michael Jackson... And Michael Jackson would have been in his 30s then. And Michael Jackson wanted to live as long as possible. So in the newspaper reports, I don't know if this was fake news, he slept in this special chamber because he thought that would prolong his life. Didn't work. Michael Jackson died when he was 50. Every person dies. But the biography of Jesus Christ, which we have in all four Gospels, it doesn't finish with his death, does it? John's Gospel didn't finish in chapter 19 when Jesus hung on the cross and cried, it is over. It goes on to the resurrection, chapters 20 and 21. And it doesn't even end there because Jesus now is ascended. Where is Jesus now? He's not on earth. He's in heaven. Don't ask me to explain this because I can't, right? (laughs) All I know is that there's a real human being in a place called heaven at the right hand of God the Father and that he is alive. Let me just read what Warren Wearsby puts. If the Gospel of John were an ordinary biography, there would be no chapter 20. All biographies conclude with the death and burial of the subject. I have yet to read 
one that describes the subject's resurrection from the dead. The resurrection miracle is proof that Jesus Christ is not like any other man. He is indeed the Son of God. Paul started his greatest letter, the letter to the Romans, with these words, the gospel, the good news concerning Jesus Christ our Lord, who was son of the seed of David according to the flesh. That means he was a real human being. He was born of Mary 2,000 years ago, but he was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. My friends, Jesus Christ is unique. He's a man. He's God. And the resurrection makes him alive forevermore. Don't you love that fact? There was a minister in Birmingham in the 19th century called... Robert Dale, the Congregational Minister. And he prepared his sermon for Easter Sunday morning. And as he was preparing, the three words, Christ is alive, struck him. Have, have you ever been bowled over by the word? And this is what happened to him. Christ is alive. You can imagine him in his study. Christ is alive, 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 alive. Can that really be true? This is a minister now, somebody who believes. Living as really as I myself am. He got up from his desk and walked about his study repeating, Christ is living, Christ is living. He can't get over the fact. And then he went on to say, I want my people to get hold of this gracious fact that Christ is alive and to rejoice over it. And you know what? He preached on the resurrection or he had a resurrection hymn from that point onwards every Sunday. <laughs> Think of that every Sunday. And he went on to say, I want every Sunday to be known as Resurrection Day. Oh, isn't, isn't that brilliant? When I grew up and had to go to chapel, I associated Sunday morning with dearth and gloom and having to sit through a sermon. But to think of Sunday as Resurrection Day because Jesus Christ is alive. Now, I know when we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in a truth about him. The fact that I've said that Jesus is a real human being. The fact that I've said that Jesus is the Son of God. These are truths. They are doctrines. But you know what? Those truths are just a skeleton. Jesus is a person. A person. And we don't just believe a set of truths, do we? You can have that in any religion. We come to believe, to trust in a person. A person. Are you trusting in this person this morning? Are you in love with this person? This came to me very powerfully a number of years ago when I first preached on uh, these verses. I was very close to two uh, Myanmese, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, two students from Myanmar, when I was in Bible college, Suan and Tuan. And I thought one of them had died, Tuan. I thought he died. 
And then I went to the Banner of Truth conference a few years ago, and I was standing in the queue for lunch, and I heard a voice behind me that sounded Burmese. Win, brother, win. And I turned around, and lo and behold, it was Tuan. And the first thing I said to him was this, I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. And you're alive. And I spent as much as I could for the rest of that conference meeting up with him. And every person I saw, if I was introducing Tuan to them, I would say, I thought he was dead. But now he's alive. He's alive. When you have a relationship with a person and you realize they are alive, it transforms it, does it not? Christian, why are you so anxious? Why are we so full of doubts? He's alive. Jesus prefaced the Great Commission with the words, or did he add the words afterwards? Fear not. I am with you. I am with you. Can I say this at the risk of being misunderstood? Who cares if things are going to get from bad to worse in terms of the state of our country? Because Jesus is alive. He is still there. Does it matter if, say, uh, we are facing a time of spiritual dearth and we're not going to see another revival? Does it matter in one sense? Because he's alive. And my own struggles, your struggles, put them in context. What are they in comparison to the fact that he's alive? We're going to be singing at the end of the service, I serve a risen saviour. He's in the world today. Even if I'm the only one still standing, he's alive. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. And then one last point why this is such good news. As I was sharing with the children, this is proof that Jesus on the cross was victorious, right? He actually accomplished what God the Father sent him to do. Now then, without the cross, there would have been no point at all for God to have become a man and to have lived amongst us. There would have been no points. Without the cross, there would have been no significance to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, if Jesus Christ is the Son of God, in one sense, the resurrection makes perfect sense, does it not? Because God is a God of the miraculous, and God can do anything, even raise somebody from the dead. To me, the incarnation of Jesus is a greater miracle. The fact that God became a human being. What makes the resurrection vital to you and me 
is what happened before it on the cross. Without the cross, there is no meaning to the resurrection. And what happened on the cross was what? Well, let me use this illustration. It was actually said in the conference that I went to where I met Tuan. And Lindsay Brown was speaking, and he was talking about his wife uh, being interviewed, and there was a feminist also uh, in the same interview. And Anne Brown, Lindsay's wife, couldn't get a word in edgeways because the feminist was uh, taking over. And the feminist didn't like the Christian message. And then as soon as Anne got an opportunity, so she said to the feminist, (laughs) if there is a God, what would you like him to do? If there is a God, what would you like him to do? And the feminist, without realizing it, said, well, I'd like him to leave his throne and come down into this world and sort out the mess we are in. And without noticing it, she puts, in a nutshell, the message of the gospel. We're in a mess. We're, we're in sin. We're dead spiritually. We can't do anything about it. Because of sin, there is death in the world. We will all one day die. Not just separation of body and soul, but eternal separation between God and ourselves this is the good news i'm trying to bring the gospel as clearly as possible here now the good news is god has done something to sort out the mess we're in god didn't send an angel or a prophet to do something he came himself he became a man and he didn't just do that He became our substitutes. That's why the cross is at the heart of Christianity. And on the cross, he bore your sin and mine in his own body on the tree. And because he took the punishments of a holy God upon himself, death then had no hold. And the grave couldn't hold him. And he was able to rise from the dead. As I said to the children, uh, the resurrection is the receipts of uh, Christ paying the debts for your sin and mine. According to um, historians, archaeologists have found um, uh, different uh, receipts uh, from Bible times written uh, with one word on them. The Greek word for it is finished. It's one word in Greek. They're written on receipts. So the context of that cry of Jesus on the cross, it is finished, is this. It's paid. It's paid in full. And the resurrection is our receipts. As one Welsh preacher put it, it is God the Father amening the work of his Son on the cross. You know, if you preach in... Welsh uh, chapels, not at the moment because of lockdown, but when there wasn't a lockdown, if you'd say something about Jesus Christ, one person in the congregation might say an amen because they are verifying what the word of God says. And the resurrection is God the Father amening, verifying what Jesus Christ did on the cross. 
death defeats it. What better news? What better news? We've been horrified, haven't we, by the number of people, even young people, that have been struck down by this horrible virus. Jesus Christ is the death defeater. Not only has he dealt with sin, but he's dealt with death and hell and Satan. What more do we need? What more do we need? And think of the person here that we're talking about, Mary Magdalene. Do you know who Mary Magdalene was? Mary Magdalene was a sinner in every sense of the word. Uh, She'd had several demons exercised from her. She was probably an adulteress. And yet... Jesus forgives a Mary Magdalene. Jesus died for the sins of a Mary Magdalene on the cross. Jesus raises a Mary Magdalene to spiritual life. Jesus gives this wonderful good news into the hands of a Mary Magdalene. And it's just like our Jesus. That's how he's dealt with us. Uh, If you're a Christian here this morning, you are no better than Mary Magdalene. I was no better than Mary Magdalene. But Jesus in love came and he lived the life that we could never live and he died for our sins. All of our sins on him was laid and he forgave us. And we are just so privileged that we're sinners, yes, but sinners saved by his wonderful grace. We've got a message to declare to you here this morning. If you're still unsaved, Jesus saves. This isn't just something academic. This is something we've experienced And we've got the same message to declare to this city of Cardiff. We don't stand in judgment on Cardiff. We are sinners by nature. And we know of one who's alive and who's able to save even the worst of sinners. This is why it's good news. Um, In my notebook, I've got a piece from the newspaper uh, about three or four years ago. The Prime Minister of New Zealand... Um, Arden was standing in a queue in a shop and there was somebody in front of her a mother was in front of her and she didn't have her purse on her and do you know what happened? the Prime Minister of New Zealand paid instead imagine having the Prime Minister pay for you and then they asked Mrs Arden or Miss Arden why she did that and she said because she was a mother because she was a mother why would not the Prime Minister but the Son of God the King of Kings why would he come all the way to this world and go all the way to the cross to pay not a grocery bill but to pay for your sin and mine not because we deserve it it's mercy all because he loved us and gave himself for do you doubt the love of Jesus Christ because you feel yourself to be a fake, a wretch, an unclean sinner. It's because we are that, that he came. Oh, my friend, I just want you all, I just want you to embrace this Jesus Christ this morning. 
If you've never come to him before, come for the first time this morning. Come admitting you're a sinner. Come and say to him, I can't save myself. And give thanks to him for coming and dying on that cross for your sins. And take him at his word as your saviour. Can you do that? And if you do believe in him, or confess to him that it's not just head knowledge, but it's having him as a real person that matters. And just say to him, oh, come again to my heart, Lord, and make yourself real to me. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering son. Endless is the victory. Endless.